0: The Jones Report post-game report is coming up in just a few moments and as a reminder make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Before we get to today's show, I want to take a moment to tell you about our friends at No Coast Lids, a hat brand based out of Lawrence, Kansas. A company that embraces Midwestern values, including hard work, having fun, and treating everyone the right way. Their signature hats include the Kansas Sunrise, the Kansas Thunderstorm, as well as the Freedom along with fitted and trucker hats. The four colors found in all designs represent the four seasons we have: green for spring, blue for summer, red for fall, and white for winter. There's also Kansas Sunrise hoodies coming soon. All products can be found with pictures and pricing on the No Coast Lids Facebook page in the shop section. No Coast Lids also offers beanies and visors as well. Visit No Coast Lids on Facebook. Tell them that Tyler Jones sent you and you'll be glad you did. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up on today's show, it is episode number two of the Post Game Report. We'll be with you each and every Monday as we look back at the weekend that was in the National Football League and in college football and other sports of note. Obviously, the U.S. Open was this weekend and the first career. Major championship victory for Bryson DeChambeau. We'll talk about that coming up later on in the program. And uh, Thomas Bridges off today. He'll be back on Thursday. So yours truly holding things down for this stretch. And uh, plenty to discuss, and we'll get right after it. We open up the Monday show with the question uh, of what did we learn this weekend? And that's how we'll start every one of these Monday shows, by the way. And the thing that I took away from this weekend was that injuries still exist. As much focus as we've had on COVID-19, these injuries are still very real and can happen to these teams. And boy, did we see it in the NFL on Sunday with some of the most notable players in this league. Let's start with Nick Bosa. The defensive end from the San Francisco 49ers. Arguably the best player at his position. Bosa goes down with a torn ACL in the 49ers' 31-13 victory over the Jets. And a torn ACL, it's not what it used to be 30 years ago. Ever since Adrian Peterson came back and had an MVP season the very next year and rushed for over 2,000 yards off that ACL injury, the perception about ACL injuries really change. But in Bosa's case, it's week two. This is going to take a long time to recover still. I fully anticipate Bosa to come back and be the great player that he is. But to think that he's going to come back in 2020, that might be a stretch. You hate to see that to one of the best players in the league. You hate to see it for anybody. But in particular, Bosa is the heart and soul of the 49ers. They need him if they're going to make another run of some sorts for the defending NFC champion. So Bosa looks like he's going to be out for quite some time and uh, just sucks that that's the case. Another one, Saquon Barkley. I'm sure a lot of people picked this guy so high in their draft. Uh, You know, we were talking in in fantasy football just a couple weeks ago with Ben Eisler that – your number one choice at the running back spot was either Christian McCaffrey or Saquon, that it was one of these two guys. And a lot of people were relying on Saquon, the giants with uh, their new head coach, Joe judge uh, the second year of Daniel Jones at quarterback, man, did they really need uh, this guy, Saquon Barkley? And he dealt with some injuries last year, some health issues of sorts. Well, now, He's got in a a, a torn ACL injury, and uh, you know we'll see how long it takes for him to recover. But much like Bosa, this is going to be a process. Uh, Barkley, he'll play to his 100 percent strength one day, to the player that we know and love. But it's going to take time, and we don't know if we'll see him again this season. You hate it for him, hate it for fantasy owners, hate it for the Giants, but. Uh, that's the reality of it. Then uh, Drew Locke, the uh, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, he had a sprained ACL joint, and uh, the Broncos quarterback is expected to miss uh, you know somewhere in the range of two to six weeks is what it sounds like. If you're the Broncos, though, um, you, you have to like what Jeff Driscoll did filling in for Drew Locke in uh, that second half, gets the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did fine, and the Broncos had a chance to win. Um, The Broncos, they have been hit hard with the injury bug, losing Von Miller for the season, uh, Sutherland, several other guys. Now you lose your quarterback. The hits just keep on coming for Denver. And before the season began, when all these guys were healthy, Denver was a borderline playoff team. This might be enough that the playoff chances for Denver are just done, and they're already 0-2 at this point. Uh, Hard to imagine that the Broncos come back from this uh, after Drew Locke goes down for a bit of time. For the Niners, not only did you lose Bosa, your quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, goes down. High ankle sprain, unlike Locke, Garoppolo should be able to play through this. Uh, He did so. Uh, against the Jets in the uh, first half before sitting out the second half of that game. And the uh, Niners still played well and put up points. But this is something that's going to linger on. This is, uh, you know, you're going to have to learn and adapt to go through this. And that's certainly not easy. That's a challenge in a division that's already tough, uh, going up against the Seahawks and the Cardinals and the Rams and that bunch. Just another issue that's going to make things very difficult for the 49ers to try to uh, defend that division. Um, we mentioned uh, with uh, Drew Locke, Cortland Sutton uh, goes out with a knee injury, and uh, you know he's, there, he's the top target of Drew Locke. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be something that is uh, going to make things very difficult for Denver to stay competitive uh, with that. We mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey. And, uh, you know, how many people picked him and Saquon with their first pick? Well, now you got an uh, ankle injury with Christian McCaffrey. Um, It doesn't suggest that it's significant with his ankle injury, but something he'll deal with for the time being. And he's the number one option for that Carolina offense right now. And so you have to wonder, is Teddy Bridgewater going to be able to step up if his top running back can't take the same workload. And Carolina is already 0-2 to start the season. This is uh, certainly not good for them. And uh, fantasy owners with uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, dealing with that ankle injury there. But good to see that he'll be okay. Others, Devontae Adams, who's just played great for the Packers. He's dealing with a hamstring. Uh, You know, that not significant. Uh, if he does need to miss time, they do have an early bye week, week five. So that's uh, good news there uh, for the Packers. But nonetheless, uh, a lot of injuries across the board. Others, you know, Byron Jones, the cornerback for Miami, he's got a groin issue. Raheem uh, Morstert of uh, San Francisco with a, a MCL injury. And a tar- to Rod Taylor, we'll talk about this with uh, the Chargers game um dealt with a chest issue and we didn't even find out before kickoff uh till right before kickoff that he wasn't going to play and it looks like he's not getting that job back based on the performance that we saw from uh, Justin Herbert shoulder injury for Anthony Barr. Minnesota looked really bad against Indy so yes a uh, just brutal week those are just some of the injuries across the league i mean we're talking about uh you know also uh this weekend you had Bruce Irving with a knee injury with Seattle uh, Will Fuller, a hamstring with Houston, just all over this place. It was a brutal week as far as what these guys t- took of the contact. And you got to wonder, um, you know, we didn't have a preseason if these guys, you know, injuries happen, but a lot of times injuries happen because guys are not in football shape, that they're not ready to go. And you have to think, are, is that some of the case? Did these guys miss the preseason? Did it ultimately hurt them. I know that we uh, you know, tend to get mad about the preseason and say, wow, you know, these guys got hurt before the season even started. But sometimes these guys need that game experience to have their bodies ready. So uh, just hate to see that. So that was my big takeaway. It's just these injuries are just brutal and uh, still around. We focus so much on COVID, but these injuries are still happening in this league too and are causing problems with these teams nonetheless. With that, let's uh, look back at uh, the week that was in the National Football League, starting with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Teron Taylor was supposed to get the start for the Chargers. And I said on my show, actually, on Saturday, on the radio show, that don't be surprised if uh, Justin Herbert finds a way to get involved in this game. I just had a feeling that, You know, Tyrod is not the long-term solution in Los Angeles. Everybody knows that. And the Chargers, you know, they they got a good backfield. Uh, You got a couple good receivers with Hunter Henry and, you know, Keenan Allen. And you got, you know, some decent players on that defense with uh, Chris Harris and Kenneth Murray and several others here. Maybe they want to get a jump start in the future and go ahead and go forward with Justin Herbert. And it wasn't the way that they anticipated it happening, but a chest injury to Tyrod Taylor. We still don't know the specifics of what exactly went down, but it was in the pregame and it forced him to be out. And Justin Herbert just lit it up. And so I don't think the Chiefs were prepared to take on Justin Herbert based on their game plan. Uh, all thought signs pointed to that they were ready to take on Tyrod Taylor. Uh, That seemed very clear and obvious that this one definitely uh, threw the Chiefs a curveball because Justin Herbert played excellent. That was a great opening game. He had one bad pass the entire afternoon. Herbert goes 22 of 33 for 311 yards with one touchdown and one interception. And give the Chargers credit, Anthony Lynn and company came in with a great uh, game plan to go up against the Chiefs. Um, What the Chargers did, that was so good on their part against this, uh, chiefs team was they realized that the chiefs have weaknesses in their secondary. Um, you know, the chiefs are already without Bashad Braylon as he's got, you know, a few games to be suspended and they were dealing with, you know, some other injuries, uh, there at the cornerback spots. Um, they went after the Chiefs secondary. They were not afraid to throw the football around, which, Shows a lot of confidence in a rookie quarterback. And Herbert rose to the occasion. He rose to the challenge. He had a pick uh, that was taken away by Sneed, the rookie, the uh, uh, fourth rounder uh, who played, man, is he off to a good start to 2020. He's got two picks in the first two weeks. The only interceptions the Chiefs defense has is by way of their rookie, LeJarious Sneed. And so you give Herbert credit for what he did. And uh you know the Chargers did not mess around. They came out in this game attacking. Um, you know, they ran the football well with uh, with Austin Eckler and Kelly, those guys. I mean, they gave this Chiefs defense a lot of problems, um, whether it was passing or running the football. they had balance. Um, but what the Chiefs did a good job of is, you know this game, the Chargers could have scored more. There were times that, the Chargers put up field goals instead of touchdowns. When push came to shove, the Chiefs defense made plays when it mattered most. Uh you know, the Chargers had the ball first to open up overtime. And it was a quick three and out by the Chiefs defense. And while they didn't play great for much of the day and let Herbert throw it around like he did, the Chiefs defense, when it mattered, they came up and, and played well there uh, you know, down the stretch. So uh, even on their one of their darkest of days, they did it when it mattered. And that's what you love to see from uh, this uh, Chiefs defense on that front. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and company got off to a very slow start offensively. Just six points in the first half. There was a uh, PAT attempt that was blocked on the Chiefs' first touchdown of the game. Mahomes goes 27-47 of 47 through the air for 302 yards and two touchdowns. And he was just getting pressured all day. The Chiefs offensive line. And I mean, we know that they're banged up. You know, they, you know, they have some that offensive line has uh some issues of sorts, you know, that you know, of course they're still adapting without LDT. But o- O'Simile was really struggling. Got to get called for several holding penalties. And they just attacked and attacked. I've never seen Patrick Mahomes hit the way that he was, time and time again. Just it was brutal what this guy was dealing with, uh, getting hit every single play. And the Chargers give them credit. Uh, you know they used that pass pass rush effectively, and they got to Mahomes and they rattled him a bit there. But you just had a feeling that this this lead was never insurmountable. What's the saying that we've always said with Patrick Mahomes? If Patrick Mahomes is involved, you're in every game if he's your quarterback. He's never lost a game by more than seven points. In this lead, it got up to what, eleven at one point? And the Chiefs still found a way to make it happen. Now, what we haven't seen from the Chiefies here the you know, within the first two weeks of the season is they haven't just shoved their way on their opponents in that they have not been able to score quickly and throw it around the yard for four quarters. They've had, you know, some spurts here and there, and they did it when they needed to against the Chargers. They scored fast and put their team in position to make up that deficit. But they never have done it for four quarters like we're used to seeing. Uh, You know, the, the run game, was not great with Clyde Edwards-Elaire. 10 carries, 38 yards. The uh, Chargers contained him well, but what they did do well from the Chiefs that of something we haven't seen was what Patrick Mahomes did on the ground. 54 rushing yards on six carries. That was the Chiefs' best third down offense was what he was able to do on the ground. And it was terrific. Great job by Mahomes to uh, take what the defense gave him and use that effectively uh to get the win. Uh you got to talk about Harrison Butker. Although he had that extra point attempt that was blocked. This guy makes two 58-yard field goals. Career longs, ties the franchise record for field goal attempts, including the game winner. And then he made another field goal as well. Harrison Butker answered the call. This is a young guy that the stage was not too big for him. The brights were not the lights were not too bright. He Stood up to the challenge. He had some big kicks. And even at the end of the game, they iced him twice. And he still made all three attempts to clinch the game winner. So, for the Chiefs, I think you look at this game and you say, they found a way to win. You're going to get everybody's best matchup. You're the defending Super Bowl champs. That's the best the Chargers are going to play. And you still found a way to win on the road. And the passing game... Although it started out slow, the guys started to open up. You know, Tyreek was held without a catch in the first half, and then he still ends up having close to a 100-yard game with five catches, and 99 yards in the score. Travis Kelsey, nine catches and 90 yards in a touchdown. Uh, you did see an injury to Sammy Watkins, who only had one catch for an 11 for 11 yards. But for this Chiefs team, that's what you look at here: is it wasn't pretty, but they got it done, and that's the way it's going to be sometimes. And you're at 2-0. Oh, I think the Chiefs are just fine. There's no reason to be concerned. You take the wins the way you can get them in this league. It's, you know, it's a tough league. And uh now you got over a week to get ready for Baltimore who you play on Monday Night Football. And you're going to have to have your best foot forward. The Chiefs on Sunday, if I were to grade them, played about a C game. And the Ravens back-to-back weeks have put up A performances in the wins that they've had. We'll talk more about the Chiefs and Ravens coming up on Thursday's show, but the Chiefs are going to need to play their best, play that A game in order to beat Baltimore. What they did this Sunday, that's not going to fly. Uh, That would be a double-digit loss if they play like they did. So uh, we'll talk about that coming up later on. But in the meantime, let's look at the rest of the games in the NFL this week. The Browns. Top the Bengals 35 to 30 in a battle between two of the young quarterbacks in the league, Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. And both these guys were just terrific. They were so fun to watch. Joe Burrow, just his second start, goes 37 of 61. You heard that right. 61 passing attempts for a rookie. And he threw for 316 yards and three touchdowns. Baker goes 16 to 23, 219 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. Burrow played better than Baker did. Um, But I liked what both these guys did. The league, um, the the quarterbacks in this league, folks, we're going to see better football for years to come because these younger quarterbacks are better than they've ever been before. And I know Baker's been kind of up and down, but this was a nice bounce-back game for him. The Browns' offense was great. Odell was really good. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt were both fantastic on the ground. Um, fantasy owners got to love what Chubb and Hunt both did. Hunt was great in the receiving game, too, with the receiving touchdown. So uh, not much defense between these two teams. Their defense has struggled. But uh, th- the big takeaway there is those young quarterbacks. Uh, you got four good quarterbacks in the AFC North between Big Ben, the reigning MVP, Lamar, and Baker and Joe. That's going to be some fun football in that division all year long. And all the although the Browns get away with this one, uh, it's clear there's not a whole lot of separation between the Browns and the Bengals. Bears beat the Giants. Bears are two zero. Bears got off to a good start to this game, but let the Giants get back in it, and uh, even without Saquon and such and and in uh, company there with the with the Giants. But Mitch Trubisky got off to a good start. Uh, he was firing, but then two interceptions uh, there. You know, late in this game. With uh, with with Chicago, the run game was was good. Uh, I liked what I saw from Montgomery with 82 yards on the ground and 45 yards uh receiving. He led the Bears in receiving. Bears are two and zero, but you know they're they're still not that great of a football team. This will catch up with them. The Giants with those two losses, uh, this is gonna be a long season there in New York. Uh, football in New York City is just brutal. They're in for a long road ahead for Joe Judge's first year. The Cowboys beat the Falcons 40-39. to What a wild game this was. And I was on Twitter teasing Cowboy fans as this game was going along, only to uh, have to eat some crow for a bit. Um, because credit to the Cowboys to find a way to come back in this game when they had such a large deficit, folks. I mean, everything was just going wrong. Mike McCarthy made some awful calls going for two different uh fake punt attempts. The the lead for Atlanta, they were up 20 to nothing at the end of the first. 29 to 10 at halftime. And still the Cowboys came back and it was all because of Dak Prescott. What Dak did, throwing the ball and running the ball effectively to will this team back to set up Greg Zerline for a game-winning field goal and and uh, at the end of regulation 40 to 39. Awesome job by the Cowboys. And Dak played out of his mind with uh, 450 yards through the air and a touchdown, 34 of 47. Uh, And then Zeke, of course, playing well with uh, 22 carries, 89 yards and a touchdown. Cowboys offense is looking good. That's for sure. Um, You can't have those slow starts every week. But if you're the Cowboys, you let that one slip away against the Rams. And this one, you come back to win. I think that if you're Dallas, you might be saying to yourselves, "We could be two and zero right now. Very well, could be. But I think you'll take one and one, considering how close you were to being zero and two at this point. Their record is pretty reflective of of what they are right now. Uh, for Atlanta, Dan Quinn, does it, when does he get fired? Is it now, or is it going to be a couple more weeks? because the train has left the station and Dan Quinn didn't get on and Dan Quinn is looking like one of the worst coaches in the league it's only a matter of time very on brand for this team to blow a you know a big lead like they're accustomed to do uh not shocking uh but a big win for Dallas nonetheless the Packers beat the Lions uh Aaron Rodgers playing great once again uh 18 of 30 through the air 240 yards two touchdowns ground game was great with Aaron Jones 18 carries, 168 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Packers look like one of the best in the league. Lions, uh, should the way they played, they were clearly uh, not on pace with the uh, Packers. Uh, The Lions have some issues there, in particular with that defense. They had no answer. They have some key good weapons on offense, but nothing like that, uh, that Packers group. Titans and the Jags in a shootout. Tannehill was great. So was Gardner Minshew. Um, you know, Titans ultimately win 33 to 30, but Tannehill had four touchdowns, Gardner Minshew. I know he had two picks, but he still threw for over 300 yards and three scores. Uh, and Derrick Henry had 84 rushing yards for Tennessee. They won this game because of Ryan Tannehill. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you have to like that, knowing that you can trust Tannehill to come through and win those big games. That's great to see. Colts taking on the Vikings. Colts get a win at home, 28-11. I expected more from the Vikings in this game. Phillip Rivers played decent. Jonathan Taylor was good on the ground with over 100 yards. But the Vikings' offense was just brutal. This team's 0-2 now. I expected more out of Minnesota. This team has a lot of problems. And Kirk Cousins has looked like the bad Kirk Cousins. We've seen him at times be talked about in MVP discussions. and other times, he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league that's what we've seen out of Cousins so far. Bills uh, beat the Dolphins 31 to 28. This game was hot. It had some power outage issues with CBS and a lightning delay of sorts and ultimately the Bills still won with a big game from Josh Allen over 400 yards and four touchdowns. Bills are good and that defense people love to talk about that group, the offense with Diggs and in company, watch out uh they look like the class of the AFC East. I really like what the, what the Bills did. The Dolphins are rising. I know that they're 0 2, but that team is making strides in the right direction. Uh, they're not going to be a playoff team, but the Dolphins are building something there. And that was big for them just to compete with Buffalo like they did. 49ers win. We mentioned they did so, and they dominate, but they had injuries. And that's the thing that you look at with San Francisco. It was nice that they won, sure, in in dominating fashion. But now it's what you sacrifice from that win that's going to be tough for this team going forward. The Rams beat the Eagles. The Rams' offense is just awesome right now. Jared Goff with, you know, three touchdowns. Uh, The Eagles, that offensive line is terrible. And the Rams had their way with the Eagles' offensive line and just lit it, lit it up that uh, Rams defense did with Aaron Donald and company. And Carson Wentz, not looking too hot either uh, to start out the season. Uh, he had two interceptions. That puts him at four interceptions, which I believe is the league lead. And, uh, I mean, this, this is not going well for Philly. The Rams, sneaky team uh, in regards to Super Bowl con- contention. They look like one of the better teams right now. Steelers beat the Broncos, and uh, we mentioned the Broncos still hung on to make this a competitive game, but the Steelers, uh, you like what you saw from Big Ben. He was vintage Big Ben with uh, 311 yards through the air and two touchdowns. James Conner, he looked bad in week one, dealt with an injury of sorts, and Benny Snell got the load and played well. This time it was Conner, and Conner stepped up. If you're the Steelers, I think that you like what you saw from Ben and your running game, That this time, Connor was back to playing great, uh, and now you got two different options at the running back position. And Chase Claypool, their second-round pick, was awesome with uh, 88 yards and three receptions. Steelers are just loaded at the receiver spots. Uh, they got good running backs. Big Ben's playing well. A lot to be optimistic about from Pittsburgh as uh, they try to challenge Baltimore in that division. Denver at 0-2. Uh, we mentioned it earlier; those injuries are catching up on this team. They have talent, but uh, hard to imagine them coming back from being down uh, being 0-2 at this point. Bucks beat the Panthers 31-17. Tom Brady his uh, first game there in Tampa, played in front of limited fans. Uh, he was 23 of 35 through the air, 217 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, Leonard Fournette had 103 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. He got the main workload. Ronald Jones had seven carries in a touchdown with a 23 yards. Uh, Bucks offense was terrific, and uh, it wasn't just Brady either. Brady played good, but he had some help along the way, and so the Bucks. Uh, that's the win that they needed for their confidence and for their offense. Uh, now they move forward, and the Bucks are uh, looking good at this point. I, I like what they did. Carolina's got issues. You know, Teddy's got to be more efficient than that than throwing two picks. And uh, without McCaffrey, this uh, this could be rough for uh, Carolina here going forward. But I like what the Bucs did. Cardinals' Kyler Murray was terrific uh, in his performance against Washington, 30-15. to 15. And uh, Kyler Murray, it's the passing ability that he has, 26 of 38, 286 yards, a touchdown and a pick, but the running ability, too. 67 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Kenyon Drake was also effective on the ground with 86 yards. And uh, Kyler Murray is going to bed at night just thinking that he has DeAndre Hopkins on his team. Hopkins, another big game, eight catches, 68 yards and a touchdown. That Arizona offense is uh, terrific, folks. Uh, Watch out. They have a better offense than you may realize. And uh, your Washington, sure, you lost, but I think that you're looking at these first two weeks, and you're saying, "Hey, you have a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins has played good these two weeks. He barely got much time last year, and now you get the win against uh, Philly in Week One, where you came back from behind, and then in Week Two, uh, he has a good outing of you know 223 yards and a touchdown, no picks. Uh, he's taking care of the football. And so uh, that's if you're Washington, you know you're not going to make the postseason." You're just glad that you found your answered quarterback for now, it may seem. Uh, Ravens, we mentioned, just dominated against the Texans. And they've looked like the best team in the league throughout the first two weeks of the year. Uh, With that 33-16 win, Lamar was just awesome. Uh, And he's gotten even better. He doesn't have to be outside the pocket to be effective. He's doing well inside the pocket and getting some deep passes as well. Uh, he had 204 yards and a touchdown, and he had 54 yards on the ground. Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins. you had three running backs with at least 48 yards. Uh, just an awesome job by Baltimore rushing the football, uh, making their offense effective and their defense to contain Houston like they did, holding them to 16 points. You got to feel for DeSean Watson. He's the guy. He's playing well but he's getting sacked a whole lot because his offensive line is terrible. Uh, four sacks is what they gave up. And then on top of that, just no no help. Uh, you know, you, you get some guys like Cooks and Cobb, but not like what he had in Hopkins. It wasn't his fault that Hopkins got sent away. Um, you know, it's just brutal. Deshaun deserves better than, you know, that buffoon of Bill O'Brien and, uh, you know, the, the weapons he has. You hate to see him be this way, but... Nonetheless, uh, Baltimore with a big win. Houston in trouble at 0-2. And then uh, lastly, the uh, Patriots and the Seahawks. This was an instant classic. The best game of the year so far in the NFL with the Seahawks winning 35-30. This game went back and forth. And uh, ultimately, the Seahawks came out on top. Cam Newton, you have to smile if you're a Cam Newton fan because he's back. And Cam Newton is back to the Cam Newton that we know and love. 30 of 44 through the air had nearly 400 passing yards with 397 yards he had 47 yards on the ground two rushing touchdowns a passing touchdown one INT um Cam was awesome and uh New England is not going anywhere this team their offense was on fire Julian Edelman had 179 yards receiving um, just a great job by the Patriots to have that effective offense. We wondered if their offense could hang with Seattle. They certainly did. And uh, the Seahawks with uh, Russell Wilson, five touchdowns. Russ is a top three quarterback in this league. This was just one of his better nights. Uh, you know, getting Metcalf involved and Lockett and those guys. Uh, Seattle is, is uh, one of the best teams in the NFC. And, uh, I mean, this one was a game that you just appreciated getting to watch. And it's very ironic, folks, that the Patriots, they they went with that run play on the final play of the game to try to go for the win, and ultimately they didn't get it. And uh, Seattle, when they lost to New England in the Super Bowl a couple of years back, they passed the football instead of running it. And, of course, Russ threw the interception. The rest is history. The Patriots won. So, each one of them did the opposite, and it works against their favor as far as what to do towards the end of the game there on the goal line. But even if you're New England, I think that you're coming away from this game is you just went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. The offense, which everybody had questions about with Cam and uh, how healthy he was and if he was going to be the Cam of old, Sunday told you, you got Cam Newton back that this guy is ready to go, that he's legit, uh, playing close to that MVP level that he once was. And uh, this marriage could be very nice between Cam Newton and Bill Belichick based on what we saw this weekend. That was fun to watch. Seattle 2-0, they're cruising. And then, of course, you got Monday Night Football coming up this evening. Uh, This uh, Monday night game, Raiders and the Saints. We talked about it on Thursday. The Saints should kill the Raiders. I know the Raiders are opening up their new stadium and they have a good running back at Josh Jacobs, but I don't trust Derek Carr. Saints are going to be too much. They'll win this one going away. They're a five and a half point favorite. Uh, College football, a couple things. I won't spend a whole lot of time on college football today. Uh, You only had one Big 12 game as uh, Baylor and Houston was uh, canceled due to COVID uh, among Baylor. And if you recall that Louisiana Tech game that they were supposed to play week one, That game was uh, uh, canceled due to COVID from Louisiana Tech. So, reverse fortunes. KU is supposed to play Baylor this Saturday for what would be Baylor's third attempt at opening up the season. I'm not getting my hopes up that game's happening at this point based on what's going on there with the Baylor Bears. But Oklahoma State takes on Tulsa. Cowboys, oh my gosh, this team was a heavy favorites. 20 and a half entering the week. Some lines had this as much as 24 and OSU just played so bad. Uh, You you lost Spencer Sanders to injury early on and the offense had a great first drive. Should have been a touchdown. It was three points. And then they bring in Ethan Bullock and this kid played scared. Uh, I mean, Ethan Bullock was not ready for prime time. He was missing receivers. He was too cautious with the football and Oklahoma State just looked terrible offensively um, with uh, just 41 yards from Bullock. And then Gundy makes the call to bring in Illingworth, the true freshman who hadn't played much in, uh, in a week in a practice, the couple of weeks, and this guy just came out guns ablazing, Four or five, 74 yards, and OSU found their backup quarterback. This needs to be the guy. In fact, um, I know it was a small sample size, but – Spencer Sanders better watch his back because if he gets injured or struggles, then they'll give uh, this guy a shot and they're excited. He's the future at Oklahoma State. He was a four-star quarterback. He was good. Chuba Hubbard took a while to get going, but ultimately he had 93 yards. LD Brown, his backup running back, looked good with 63 yards and nine carries. Oklahoma State's got a good offense. They'll figure it out. Uh, I'm not concerned if I'm Oklahoma State. Uh, you know, based on one bad week. Casey Dunn struggled calling the plays. Get Spencer Sanders back. Shouldn't be a long-term injury. Oklahoma State's going to be just fine. Tulsa, on their end, uh, you competed with a team that's just, you know, what, 60, 65 miles away from you. And Zach Smith looked good at quarterback, but they struggled on third and fourth down. And Tulsa, I think, wins this game if Ethan Bullock finishes it out. Uh, they probably get that done, uh, ultimately. It's probably 7-3 to three is the final, and the Big 12 uh, gets embarrassed again. Uh, tough few games for the Big 12 so far from what we've seen to this point, um, but this league, I think it will get better over time. I'm not totally concerned just yet, because these we, these first opening games in college football are going to be so strange. Not the end of the world that Oklahoma State only beats Tulsa 16-7. to seven. Notre Dame uh, demolished South Florida, 52 to nothing. Same with Clemson and Citadel. Uh, the ACC is a lot better than what folks thought it was going to be. I mean, Georgia Tech went toe-to-toe with UCF there for a while, but UCF ultimately ended up pulling that out. What about Miami and Louisville? Is the U back? 47-34 to is the final with Miami defeating Louisville. Our buddy T.J. Reeves had the national radio call of this game. And uh, De'Ara King was phenomenal. 18 of 30 through the air, 325 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, and he didn't need to even run the ball to be effective. He had eight carries for nine yards, but uh, their running game was great with Harris. Uh, that offense was just phenomenal. Um, the thing with Miami, with the U, they've always had athletes. Now they have a quarterback. Miami could make some noise in the ACC this year. I really liked what they put together. And, and I'm not a huge fan of of uh Manny Diaz their head coach but he might have put himself in a good position this year to surprise some people with that performance that was a coming out party of sorts for Miami in uh their win last thing before we get out of here today real quick I want to talk about uh the U.S. Open nice win for uh Bryson DeChambeau uh I mean th- this guy is a terrific talent he's what 27 28 years old and a uh, real funny guy. I know that he he's around Barstool a lot and those guys. And and DeChambeau went great lengths this offseason to make sure that he changed his game. Put on a bunch of weight. He looked like a different dude. Putting on 25 pounds of muscle in the offseason. And he's just been driving the ball great. His putting was good. Um, he was on another level. He, he won this by five shots. He was the only player... That was under par by the end of the weekend at six under. Matthew Wolf, the Oklahoma State Cowboy, he was even finished second. Uh, so these OSU golfers are legit folks. Um, you know that you could argue that Oklahoma State has the best golfers on the PGA Tour right now with Wolf and Hovland and Ricky Fowler, of course. Um, I think Wolf or Hovland will get a major title before Ricky at, at this point. Um, both those guys are just phenomenal, but Bryson. I was hearing at the end of the broadcast they were saying that, you know, he's not going to be chasing trophies. I I don't think Bryson is winning, you know, a bunch of majors in his career, but I would be shocked if he's not at least a three-time major champion. He's still very young. Um, Obviously, he's still trying to figure himself out, putting on the weight and everything. Uh, I think that there's still more great golf ahead for uh, Bryson DeChambeau in uh, his near future. So, like what I saw from him. So, a big week. In the books, in the uh, sports world, a a huge weekend. And uh, we get ready for another awesome weekend ahead. We'll uh, break it all down coming up on Thursday's show. We'll go over all of the NBA playoffs with the uh, conference finals, where things stand at from then. Also, uh, we'll have our picks against the spread and get you ready for week number three of college football and in the NFL, the SEC, getting their season started this upcoming weekend. We'll talk about that and more coming up and uh, we'll see you then thanks for stopping by and joining us here on the jones report this week have a great rest of your monday everybody we'll see you on thursday and uh, as always subscribe to the show on apple spotify google play leave us a five-star review follow me on twitter at toddler jones live also on facebook and instagram as well and uh, i'll see you on thursday so long